This is a Federal News Network podcast. Who's tired of talking about the need to hire more cybersecurity people? Come on, raise your hand if you didn't attend at least one conference where a panel talked about how hard it is to bring enough cyber experts on staff. Or maybe you read another article about the same problem. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller raised his hand as nearly every panel at a recent cyber conference regurgitated that same problem. Jason joins me now to discuss how three agencies aren't just complaining, but actually finding solutions to fill key cyber roles. Jason, let's start. And Jason joins me now in studio. So why are agencies and industry still talking so much about the cyber worker shortage? Is there is there a cyber worker shortage? There always seems to be one, doesn't there? I mean, if you look at this data, and, and we have data from a number of different sources, I picked up a recent survey from the Center for Strategic and International Studies, CSIS, who looked at IT decision makers across eight countries and found 82% of all employers reported a shortage of cybersecurity skills and 71% believe this talent gap is is a cause in direct and measurable damage to their organizations. If, if you just look at something from the National Initiative for Cyber Education that's within the, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, in the United States alone, that shortfall is almost 314,000 cybersecurity professionals. Now, that's public and private sector. And there's not enough people in the STEM, the science, technology, engineering, math, world to fill those roles. And I think that's why there's this always discussion, oh, how do we find more people? How do we retrain them? How do we uh, educate them? How do we get people interested in cybersecurity? But I'll tell you, Tom, after spending the day at the 10th Annual Billington Cybersecurity Summit, which was an excellent event, aside from every single panel, every single keynote, it was a very safe discussion. I get why they talk about it. It's very important to bang that drum. But enough. Well, there, there's got to be some solutions. <laughs> All right. Well, you have highlighted three agencies, and you mentioned STEM. So maybe maybe they're looking beyond STEM for the, the people they need for cybersecurity. What, what are they doing? And who are they? So let's start with the CIA. This is a very interesting case study for several reasons. If you go back to the post-9-11 world, and we're coming up on the anniversary, obviously, and, and it's, it's today, so there's a a lot of understanding about what has changed since that that awful day on September 11, 2001. And the CIA is one of those areas that like, okay, how do they do things differently? So they created a digital innovation directorate, if you will. And uh, Sean Roche, who's the deputy director of that digital, digital innovation directorate, spoke at the Billington Cybersecurity Summit. And he said, listen, we, we our management said, do things differently, break some eggs, basically. And he said, okay, well, we want a different pay scale. We want to alter the way we hire. And one of the ways they altered the way they hired people was they took some of their mission people, some of their best people in many regards, and had them go be recruiters. Because it's one thing, Tom, for, hey, I'm the HR person from CIA, come work here. But, hey, this is what I do every day, and this is really cool. Let me let me excite you for what how, why I'm excited about my job. And then they also looked at, hey, how do we deal with the promotion issue? Not everybody wants to be a manager, and not everyone will be a good manager but there's people who need to see a scale where we say, okay, I'm a, I'm a GS-14, now I'm a GS-15, now I'm in the SES. But it doesn't mean I want to deal with people every day. I can be a good technical person at a higher level. So they they re-looked at that and, and saying, hey, you still need to mentor people. You still need to help people get better, but you don't necessarily need to manage them. So I think the, the CIA, the fact that they transformed their HR approach, and they've been doing this over the last four years, is really a great example of, hey, they did something different. We're speaking with Federal News Network's executive editor, Jason Miller. You're also writing about the Defense Department, which maybe has the biggest gap of all when it comes to cyber talent. 
the Defense Department got something in 2000s, I think 16, 2015 from Congress called the Cyber Accepted Service. Now, this lets them hire differently, pay more, do a lot of different things that, that can really attract cyber workers. And it's been very slow to take off. It's a very slow implementation. In fact, Tom, Congress just rejected earlier this summer the Pentagon's request to reprogram almost $5 million for this program, which I think tells you a little bit about the frustration about how this program has not been moving as fast as Congress would have liked. Now, at the same time, Thomas Shelley, who's the vice director of command control communications and computers and cyber and the deputy CIO for the Joint Chiefs of Staff J6, he actually said the cyber accepted service is picking up and he just threw out a couple numbers. They've converted 2,500 people to this new approach to cybersecurity. And in fact, the U.S. Cyber Command has reduced the time to hire a new cyber worker from 111 days to 80 days. That's a huge decrease because the sooner you can identify someone, the sooner you can say, hey, I want you, the sooner they can come in. And they're not. In, and even though you are competing with the private sector and sometimes you can't compete on pay and can't compete on other areas, the mission of NSA the excitement around the U.S. Cyber Command, as an example, are ways to get people on board more quickly. Now, it's still not moving as quickly as they like, but they see that there's some some progress and they see some the progress is making a difference. And the third agency you're writing about is Homeland Security, which, again, big footprint in cyber. So they need people from the programmatic standpoint all the way to the operational one thing that DHS has done over the years is gotten some, if you will, we'll call them more authorities from Congress. For instance, they can pay retention bonuses up to 25% of, a, of an employee's uh, sal- salary to really get them to, to more motivated. They, they held cyber and technology job fairs where they could do on-the-spot offers. And one back in 2017, 150 candidates were hired. And they've been developing for the last couple of years this thing called the Cyber Talent Management System. But John Zangardi, who's the DHS chief information officer, he says his goal is not just to find people who know cybersecurity, but really have that have a different set of skills, a different set of abilities. And, and Zangardi admits, listen, we can't compete with industry on salary alone, so we have to appeal to their patriotism, appeal to their mission, but at the same time also understand that you have to create an environment where you have people who maybe aren't cyber experts but can bring an analytical thinking to that skill set. He goes, listen, my sister, Paul Beckman, his his major in college was philosophy. It was not cybersecurity. And I think that's the way he's starting to think about this. One other thing he did recently was around cloud computing. And there's a cyber component to this, but he had a stand down day. Everybody learned about cloud for this one day. And when I say everyone, not just the IT and the CIO folks, but the budget, the acquisition, the HR, because you have to know just a little bit more about cloud and why it's important. And that's a really innovative approach to really educating his workforce and getting people involved. And a couple of implications from what you said then is that cyber is not just the CIO. It's not just the HR function, but really it's a agency-wide effort to really think about this and get the right people in. One thing that we're seeing as we talk to more and more people in acquisition, as an example, as we talk to more and more people in finance, is that broader understanding of, oh, that's not just the IT person's Bailiwick, I have to understand it because it matters to my mission, how I deliver those services in the mission area, how I do financial management. There's a cyber component to it. And I think I think you're absolutely right in the fact that it's it's starting to really 
spread out much more broadly. And and something like what DHS did with the cloud stand down day is a great example of saying, hey, this is why it's important for everyone. And they also, these agencies you're highlighting, have special authorities from Congress. At least two of them do. They all do in some way or another. I mean, DOD got it for the cyber accepted service. DHS got it as well for some of the pay and retention benefits. But at the same time, an agency who doesn't have these special authorities, it doesn't mean they can't take some of what we can learn from the CIA or from the DOD or DHS and apply it without help of Congress. And I think that's why I think agencies should not just shake their head and go, well, I can't do that because I'm not DHS or I'm not DOD. You can change the way you hire. You can still follow all the merit system protection rules, but you can get those mission people out there. You can relook at ways to promote people, reskill them, train them, like the cloud stand down day had nothing to do with Congress. So I think you just have to be I'm trying to point these out to say, hey, here's some innovation. Copy as much as you can from them. Federal News Network's executive editor, Jason Miller, thanks so much. My pleasure, Tom. Check out his latest notebook. It's now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week. So patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever. So you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts.